We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. What up, my people? The KJ Podcast is back a day late, live from Chantilly, Virginia, my hometown. Was back on the East Coast for a wedding this weekend. Congrats to Pat and Lexi Chapman. It's the first time my high school buddies, we were all groomsmen together. Wedding was in Annapolis, Maryland on the water, boats in the background, tents with the lights. Almost makes me want to put a ring on a young lady's finger and get the deed going. I did find time to watch the San Francisco 49ers drop to 0-5, 26-23 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Have some thoughts for you. We'll get into some key benchings, some coaching gaffes by Kyle Shanahan, some encouraging and some discouraging. But I want to remind you again, close losses, as painful as they are, as frustrating as they can be, I see 49ers Twitter up in arms and, and very upset here. It's better for this team to go 2-14 and 14 than it is 6-10. and 10. What would they really gain out of that? you got to remember this. The 49ers are probably going to have a top three pick, and then they're also going to have two early second-round picks. The Chicago Bears are 1-4. They're not going to play that well this season. You're going to have two picks early in the second round. You're probably going to have a pick. You're, you're going to have three of the top 40 
draft picks next year. This is what I noticed watching the game from a sports bar with every other NFL game on at the same time. Holy shit, Is there's so much more talent on other NFL teams. So many plays being made defensively, impact plays, stuff that Reuben Foster was doing the first quarter against Carolina. You don't have that on a consistent basis from the 49ers. Granted, we'll get into their defense. It hasn't been bad at all. Clearly on offense, Hoyer, for three and a half quarters there, did absolutely nothing and then came on looking like Tom Brady in the last eight minutes of the game. So the inconsistencies there are going to persist. This is not going to be a team who thrives all four quarters. It's just not. And the more I look at other teams around the league, the more you realize the 49ers don't have a deck of 52 cards. They're missing a jack. They're missing a king. They're missing a pair of tens. This is not a full deck of cards that they're able to go out with week in and week out. And they'll have disappointing losses to Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts. But again, besides the Carolina loss, they have not gotten their teeth kicked in. They've been competitive. They are right there. They just don't have enough guys who rise to the occasion and make plays. That's as simple as it gets. I actually think the biggest storyline moving forward is not the continued losing. It's not Brian Hoyer. It's actually this. It's the benching of Navarro Bowman and Carlos Hyde. How does the team react to that? How do those players individually react to that? It's going to set a lot of tones in meeting rooms, in the locker room, in a facility that everyone has to be at every single day where they keep losing. Having covered the NFL six seasons, this is the issue where it rises up. Because I understand certain 49ers fans are like, Navarro Bowman has lost a step. He doesn't deserve to be on the field every single play. Carlos Hyde is running into a brick wall. Why not try a young player, Matt Breida, if we're going to go 2-14? and 14? The issues that rise up are that so many young players in the locker room, whether they realize it or not, they look up to Carlos Hyde. They look up to Navarro Bowman. Can those two players remain engaged in the team, have a positive attitude, when not only is the team going to be one of the worst in the league, they're not even going to get to see the field as much. It doesn't sound like Bowman is going to be a down-in and down-out player for this team. I don't know how he's going to react to that. He had an interview with Eric Branch before the season saying, why isn't he compared to Luke Keekley? He thinks he's irreplaceable. He's made four All-Pros. Listen, I won't be shocked if the team is shopping Navarro Bowman for a third or a fourth-round pick just because you don't want him upset in the locker room every day. There's People are going to read his undertones. He's going to be as professional as possible. He's still being paid a lot of money by this organization, so it's not like he's going to act like a cancer. I'm just saying I've seen veteran players bench before in other regimes with the Browns, with the Redskins. It does not go over that well. It's going to take a lot of maneuvering from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, the way they handle people, the way they keep this team's positive spirit up, because now you're talking about two leaders, and maybe they're not the most vocal guys ever, but they're just not in a good place right now with the team. I think that's the biggest storyline in the next couple of weeks here. How does the locker room react to two key players losing playing time? I'm not saying you're going to have leaks and this is going to be Trent Baalke all over again, but you know, you, you could see a lot more criticism from these two of Kyle Shanahan, some blunt interviews where 
they kind of did Sunday. They didn't understand why they weren't playing because they both think they're the best at their position on the team. That is an issue moving forward for sure. How crazy is Ryan Hoyer driving you guys? Three and a half quarters, he does absolutely nothing. The offense looks as bad as it has all season. Three and outs just way too often. Kyle Shanahan throwing the ball too often. They found nice groove with Pierre Garçon on the first drive. Couldn't get back to that. Game is so herky-jerky, so many more field goals, almost unwatchable, especially me looking at all the other games simultaneously happening. I'm like, this is just ugly, ugly football. But to Hoyer's credit, he looked like the quarterback he did against the Rams in the last eight minutes of the game, engineering drives, throwing the ball deep. And that is the key to this team when they're actually scoring points. They're throwing the football down the field. I get it. There's protection issues, and sometimes the coverage dictates what happens. But Hoyer is actually a very good deep thrower. He's shown he's kind of good in the two-minute offense hurry-up situations. Those need to be implemented earlier in the game. And I, again, am not a fan of him throwing 38.8 times per game. That's his average so far this season. That's way too much. The 49ers running the ball. They're 26th in rushes per game. And they're still 13th in yards per carry, 4.2. So to me, the play calling is still a little bit out of whack. Kyle is leaning too pass heavy in close games where they're still trying to find out if they want to re-sign Carlos Hyde. They kind of tipped their hand a little bit last week that, hey, maybe he's not fitting our scheme. Maybe this outside zone doesn't work as well with him. But he's had a bunch of good games already this season. I was a little confused about the Matt Breida play there. 10 carries, 49 yards for the undrafted rookie. So it's not like he's stealing Carlos Hyde's job either. But, I mean, to me, the offense has been the issue this year. Outside of the Rams game and this little blip in the fourth quarter here, they've not been able to score touchdowns. That's the bottom line. Well, the defense is 14th in the NFL in yards per play. If you were getting decent performances from the offense, like even two touchdowns per game, this team would actually be 3-2. and two. Our whole attitude towards them would be completely different. People would be talking about Kyle Shanahan as an early coach of the year candidate for what he's doing with a limited roster. So that's what's crazy about this narrative is that a couple plays here and there would swing our entire narrative of the 49ers being one of the worst teams in the league. The good thing about these five losses is that in most of them, you can pick out a couple of things to build upon. And to me, George Kittle was the revelation from the Colts game. Seven catches, 83 yards, a touchdown. He did drop a touchdown earlier in the game, and drops have been an issue for him. But he looks like Chris Cooley to me out there. Very slippery, very good route runner. Hard to bring down on the first tackle, getting open. I think he's going to see a lot more targets moving forward. This is going to help the passing offense a lot more. It's going to help the play action a lot more, too, if he can be that safety valve and get Hoyer's completion percentage up to a normal number. This is exactly why Kyle Shanahan brings so much value as a head coach. John Lynch does not have pressure to draft a tight end in the second round. He can take one in the fifth, 
Kyle Shanahan can plug him into his offense, find what he does best, and make plays with a George Kittle. You can draft a slot receiver in the fifth round named Trent Taylor, and Shanahan will find ways to get him the football and move the chains. This is what he brings to the 49ers. Offensive creativity, big tool chest, but you don't have to highly invest in skill positions. I think they will eventually, but you're able to find late-round gems, and they just don't look like fifth-round picks. They're walking into the NFL and making an impact. If George Kittle was on a different team, he's on the Bears. He's on a, just a team that doesn't have a, a great offensive mind. I don't know if he would have made a roster. I think he might have been practice squatted. He definitely has talent. He's definitely slippery in space. I'm just saying that this is the value Kyle Shanahan brings to the 49ers. You're seeing it play out. That's why I say progress on Twitter. There are signs that this team is not headed in the wrong direction, not even just the close scores every week. There's young players being developed on offense. That's huge. There's also young players being developed on defense. DeForest Buckner has become a Gerald McCoy, a Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt type, I don't want to say overnight, but just his immediate impact in the run game, in the pass game, opposing offensive coordinators now have to game plan against him. They have to, the whole week, say, how are we going to handle DeForest Buckner? He can wreck the game in the backfield, putting pressure. He did it again against the Colts. He's looking like a surefire pro bowler, potentially an all-pro now with Watt going out for the season. Listen, the NFL is changing, guys. Interior rush is starting to matter more than edge rush. Quarterbacks get rid of the ball quickly. There's just so many good edge rushers the last 10 years. The league is changing. It's evolving. Interior rush is becoming a bigger deal. The 49ers look like they have that solved. They have a young player who's going to be able to be a hallmark guy there week in and week out. And that was a parting gift from Trent Baalke, too. This new regime in this scheme has figured out a way to unleash DeForest Buckner. It's great. It's a great sign for the defense. They're 14th in yards per play. They still don't even have their other second-best player out there in Reuben Foster. Buckner's impacting everyone. And you had Richard Robinson bounce back this week after a bunch of poor performances, especially against the Cardinals the week before. He didn't allow very many big plays at all. I think he was PFF's highest-graded player on the team, actually, like 85.6. So that's great. It was Brissett and... And T.Y. Hilton had a, a big play down there that just wasn't Robinson. I do think Jimmy Ward is starting to struggle a little bit. and There's going to be holes in this scheme. But defensively, I am still impressed with Robert Sala. They did not perform well in the fourth quarter. It became a shootout. But who's better right now? The offense or the defense? Week in and week out, who are you going to count on for majority of the game to play well? The defense. That is huge credit to Robert Sala. Credit to Shanahan for taking a chance on a guy instead of hiring a retreaded defensive coordinator. The defense does not look bad. They look okay. And I thought they would be a lot worse, especially in the secondary. Which, Listen, the secondary's been a problem, but it's not horrendous. And that's good. That's very good. I'm wondering what John Lynch is thinking about everything because he had the famous quote in the offseason, hey, you love having the number two overall pick. You hate being two and 14. But he said, I wasn't a part of that. I'm inheriting this. What does he say next offseason when they go two and 14? 
surprised he hasn't come out with a press conference yet to address more of the things. I know he has this weekly KMBR segment, but I think he's going to be under a little more fire just because the expectations internally to their own staff and their guys and even just team employees was that this team was going to win football games. I think he even said before the Rams game, we need a win in the worst way possible. He played on some of those early Buccaneers teams that lost, but after that, he was cranking out wins with the Bucs later on, went to the Broncos in a winning program with Mike Shanahan. He said he wanted to come back because of the scoreboard, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. He's experiencing the agony of defeat. I actually got to scoot to a interview very shortly here, very excited about. Hopefully I'll have some career announcements in the next couple of weeks, months. Um, this podcast was taped in my mom's basement, actually, on a phone. So sorry if it wasn't the best flow. I love that you guys were continuing to listen and tune in and get my thoughts on the team. Themes are going to get repetitive about the 49ers. Hoyer is a problem, but sometimes can help you win a game. You're going to have people all over the map on him. A lot of people are going to want to play C.J. Beathard. It's not that time yet. The Carlos Hyde-Bowman thing, please watch that. That could hurt building a culture. You have two respected guys and a lot of young players in the locker room. I don't want to say they're going to turn on Shanahan and Lynch, but it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause friction. There's going to be tough conversations. Kyle's a chill guy. Things are going to – I think they're going to have to get upset. They're going to have to do some yelling and screaming to get people on the right page. Uh, Defense looks good. Defense looks good enough. Buckner is a star player. Ruben Foster, getting him back could change a lot of things. And again – 2-14 2-14 and 14 is better than 6-10 and 10 this season. It puts a lot of pressure on for next year, but they hit on their draft picks again. The 49ers will be on the move, getting closer to the right path. That's the KJ Podcast. I will have some type of little preview. Kyle wants to beat the Redskins so badly. There is bad blood that exists between him and Dan Snyder. Washington's 11-point favorites, getting no respect. They have to travel back east for a third straight week. 49ers could get killed. This could be a week where we see them get their teeth kicked in. The Redskins are a very good football team who are coming off a bye week. Um, there's This is not a good matchup for San Francisco. But, like I said, Kyle wants to win this thing so badly. It'll be interesting if some stories come out afterwards, if they do win, about his motivation tactics because... It was a sour ending with the Redskins. All right, my people. Thanks for tuning in. Those are my 49ers thoughts on the KJ Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just 6 bucks at OldNavy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.